When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. This is the ghost of Gilbert Gottfried. I've been away because I was asked to headline the super-orgasmic, ectoplasmic, dead man's comedy tour. It was me, Sam Kinison, Bill Hicks, Lenny Bruce, and George Lopez. Now, I know George Lopez is still alive, but his career's been dead for years, so he was asked to join us. And I found out what Mark has been up to since I've been away. Cramping on people in public. Farting in a grocery store is the thickest thing. He has no idea of the damage he caused by letting one fly. After he left, all the produce turned brown. And if it was already brown, it turned black. All the children began to cry. Two people went blind. Four people had severe asthma attacks. The store manager committed suicide. The bread molded instantly. An old lady ran screaming into the street where she was struck, ironically, by a gas truck. I can't believe I missed it. That's my kind of party. I will never forgive Mark for this one. Goodbye. Wow. Whoa. Gilbert is not happy with you, Mark. First off, let me just say, Gilbert, no need to worry because I do not need to go to the grocery store by myself anymore. What do you mean? So I was sitting here the other day, um, relaxing in my chair, and all of a sudden my my doorbell ring thing went off. I was like, and I look, and it's like somebody... Dropping a package off. I was like, that's weird. I haven't ordered anything today. Oh, I know where he's going with this, guys. So I was like, huh, cool. 
I go outside and it's a bag from Walmart. And I'm like, I did not order anything from Walmart. And I open it up and it's a massive pack of Hot Pockets. I have posted it on the Case Watch Crime Creep group. If you're not a member, go over to the Case Watch Crime Creep group on Facebook. Best place on the internet. We have so much fun over there. So much fun. And it's funny because I look down at first and I'm like, man, because the Walmart delivery service is not really spot on in this this neck of the woods. So I yelled over to my neighbor. I was like, hey, did you order a bunch of Hot Pockets? And he's like, uh, uh, yeah, I think I did. That's so rude. <laughs> and I was like, free food. Okay, because I didn't. Then I look at the, it has a label on it. It's got my name on it. So it with was my address. You. Did you yell back over? Ah, and I was like, it's for me, dude. I'm like, no, I think these are actually for me. And I sat there for like five minutes on my front steps going, I don't understand what's going on here. And I was like, wait a minute. I just mentioned Hot Pockets on the last episode of Case Watch. Mark, you got you to gotta be careful. This is the creeps just want to make you happy. And you mentioned how much you love those Hot Pockets. And poof. They're at your front door. All right, Charity. Yeah. Here you go. I have a plate for you. I just heated up a Hot Pocket. All right, I'm going to take a little bite. This is Charity's first Hot Pocket. I put it in the crisper packet, too, so it gets crispy. Not bad. That's all I'm going to get from you? I eat those things like a wood chipper. Not bad. Yeah, I I don't know. I Guys, don't know. Come on. I'm, I know. I'm an, I'm kind of like one of those annoying picky eaters, boring you're, you're eaters. You're a food snob. No, no, not a food snob. Just a boring eater. That's a, that's a snob. You're like, ugh, I no, can't eat that. No, 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 no. That's lowbrow food. No, I can't eat because that. that suggests that I like very expensive food, and that is not the case. But thank you for letting me try one of your Hot Pockets. That was from Walter Kopp. Are you gonna fi- are, hey, are you going to finish it? If not, hand it back over. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Anyways. I'll be chewing on this throughout okay, the episode. So anyways, that was from Walter Kopp. So I'm going to thank Walter for you because that was very nice of him. Thank you, Walter. I absolutely made my day. And I just want to make sure everybody knows. What else do you like, I really Mark? like snow caps. <laughs> Laffy Taffy. Wait a minute. Snow caps. The other version of snow caps is nonpareils as well. Yeah, but I'm from New Hampshire, so we oh, call them so- nonpareils. Oh, okay. Well, just I, like I I'm called... Sure. Uh, was it cherry cordials, cherry cordels? Cordels. And then Kristen would always look at me like, you're totally from Hickville, New Hampshire. Oh. I'm like, I don't know. The little things with the cherry If in you them. start getting more food in the mail. I will love you guys forever. Stop that. I need to mention something. So Ange- Angela Flanagan, who is a wonderful artist. Guys, I'm going to post what she sent me. She sent me some beautiful art. Um she is um, Red Heart Woman. That's the name of her yep. business. She's great. She's great. Go check her out. Um, thank you so much, Angela. This is the most beautiful, beautiful artwork I have seen ever. And um, it's going to go right in my house. I'm not even going to put it in the studio. Sorry, Mark. Oh, man. You'll have to get some of your own. But anyway, so thank you. Thank you, Will Angela. Will you read how that letter was addressed? Oh, my God. That's right. Okay, so first of all. Don't obviously read my address. No, but- no, no, no. So... What I love. Although I will give out my address for anybody who's shipping food to my house. Like <laughs> just you will one hundred percent get it. You can it. just private message one of us. Okay, so this Angela Flanagan was the one who gave me the name of Grand Dame of Opinion, and that is who it is addressed to, Care of Charity, which is amazing. And before I even knew that it arrived, I got a picture of it <laughs> from Mark's mailman. He yes, and I are like great as besties well. now because he wants to make sure I get my mail. And you know what, Steve? I really appreciate it. You are a stand-up guy. 
The funniest thing about that was about an hour after he sent me the picture, Kristen sent me a picture because she thought the address was amazing. Um, and I had to tell her that I already knew it was there because her mailman had sent me a picture. Which she fantastic. laughed at that. She said to me, she's like, did you uh, tell Charity she has a package? I was like, no, because it wasn't for me. She's so rude. I will walk out. This is this is this is total Mark move. I will walk out to the mailbox, which I don't really have to because I get the app. I have the app on my phone that tells me what gets delivered. But regardless, irregardless. Oh, I if I'll go out there and I'll just pick my mail out and leave all the other crap in the in the mailbox. It makes her so mad. That's not nice. You should bring it all in. No, no, she can walk out to the mailbox too. Anyways, I walked in today and I knew this was here for me and I had to say to Mark, I believe I have some mail here. You did. And then I was like, oh, crap, I don't know where I put it. Yeah. I had it stacked underneath my, uh, see, this is the problem. I waste money. So there was a sale on WWE shop because everyone knows my love for wrestling. <laughs> so I dropped like $300 on wrestling t-shirts and Kristen Kid thinks it's amazing. So I get to wear them all, and I'm super excited. I was wearing my Hulkamania one yesterday. He's like a little kid, guys. Oh, 100%. I also did a big boy step, and I got a brand new truck. Yes. It's very nice. Weird. It's very nice. I know. I and it has the Jeep. trailer tra- attached to the back of it. Well, it's it's sitting in front of it. But in yes. front of it. That's with it. So uh, the trailer, by the way, I went and did my first broadcast with the trailer this weekend, and towing a trailer is expensive. Yes, it is. It cost me... Arm and half a leg to just tow it there and back. Oh, they grew back, though. Are you a starfish? Yep, sure am. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, something fell and smashed a bunch of the stuff in, in the trailer. So we're still working out logistics on how to make that not happen. You will. It's a work it, in progress. It aggravated me. I'm but sorry, other Mark. than that, this truck is too hoity-toity for me. Oh. Like, it's got a sunroof. It's got, like, heated seats. That's nice. It's got all this, like, weird off-roady stuff. It's a Toyota Tundra TRD, which I love. And then, no, sorry, it's a Tacoma TRD. Sorry, not not the Tundra. I can't afford that. But I absolutely love it. Good. I'm happy for you, Mark. Kristen took it around the block. She's like, yeah, you can, you can take my my car now. Oh, I like this. awesome. Like, get out of there. I've never had something like this before. Beefy. I love it. I love it. But uh, what's been going on with you, Miss Grandam of Opinion? Well, the creeps, again, have been sending us some stuff. So I thought maybe we could get into some like current news stuff a I little bit. A current story sitting right here at the ready. Yes. And I think this was sent to us by Zach. What up, Zach? So let's let's go ahead because we, we did report on this or touched upon this back when the trial had just started. Speaking of somebody touching upon things. Yeah. Oh, boy. This might get us thrown off the internet for good here. I don't know. You think? That the the Church of Ionology will change the name. The Church of Ironology well, you just a pretty reading, big reach. We're just big, reading big reach here. We're just reading a news report, guys. So So Radar Online reports the Church of Scientology faced another blow after its longtime member Danny Masterson was found guilty of two counts of rape. The judge ruled that two of the That 70 Show uh, stars lawyers Thomas Mazaro and Sharon Applebaum. Imagine having that name. Applebaum. She better have a good Apple bum. Bottom jeans she better be doing she better be fur. doing those squats so that she can match up to her name. Just leaked saying. redacted discovery material in the case, including victims' emails with the police to Scientology. Wow. How does that happen? I don't know. So they redacted, so they had the emails and whatnot. 
And they sent the unredacted versions out to the church. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. Something doesn't seem right there. The court finds that the words used by the court repeatedly constituted an order, and the defense violated that order, and the attorneys who violated that were Mr. Mazzaro and Mrs. Applebaum. The judge said while revealing his ruling on Wednesday, we based that on Mr. Cohen's denied sharing it, and he didn't know how Mr. Podesky obtained it. I'm pretty sure I butchered that name, but I don't care because they're from the Church of Ionsology, and I don't care about them. Okay. Miss Holly said that it was a previous team. Mrs. Goldstein didn't have knowledge of it. Mr. Mueller said that he shared the info with Mr. Masaro and Miss Applebaum so the court could find circumstantial evidence that they shared the material and will make sanctions. According to the underground bunker, which first broke the news, Masaro and Applebaum have been ordered to pay $950 each in sanctions. What? Because they, they leaked this information. 950 bucks, really? Oh. During Masterson's rape retrial, District Attorney Ryan Reinhold Mueller informed the judge that he believed sensitive information had fallen into the hands of Vicki Podesky, who had been a longtime associated lawyer for the religious group. There was an email that was sent from Vicki on May 2nd, 2023, to our assistant DA, James Garrison, as well as the borough director, and the subject is listed as false reports of stalking by the Church of Scientology. Mueller told the court last month before Masterson's guilty verdict. In this email, she indicates during the retrial, DDA Mueller asked questions to Jane Doe number three that were intended to elicit answers he knew to be false. That the witness have filed, uh, filed dozens of reports claiming that the church has stalked them. That Poberdesky, I don't, this chick's name is horrible, met with the LAPD chief Moore and filed on behalf of the Church of Scientology and a series of complaints with the LAPD. Wow. Specifically, that Detective Vargas has left open numerous and false reports by the witnesses. Not one of the reports has turned out to be true, and that Mueller knows there is no merit to the reports. The DA alleged that Vicky's email allegedly included links to several disturbing files. In the attachments, I don't want to say all of our discovery, but a large amount of our discovery was attached to these files. Emails between law enforcement and victims, text messages, police reports, photos. We are not able to get through all the attachments, but it's extremely troubling that all of our redacted discovery were turned over to the fence and is now in the hands of Scientology. So they so they basically are saying that the, that Scientology not only tried to coerce the victims. Of course they do. But they they are, hid some of the information. Remember, it's the Church of Hyensology. Hyensology, sorry. Yep, Church of Hyensology. Sorry. Yep. Definitely not oh. speaking out bad about Scientology. Well, first of all, I don't care what religion you are. That is completely and if this is if this is true and they do have these findings, that is completely inappropriate. I'm going to go ahead and say where well, there's smoke, there's usually fire charity. We know this. And I I do have to say I was really bummed out. I was hoping that he didn't do what was said he did, but clearly, I think we all were clearly, he um he was found guilty. So, hey, if you're guilty, you're guilty. I don't care. This one's an interesting. Oh, I just kicked something. Huh. We're gonna have to uh, keep up with this to see if more information comes out. Well, they quash so much stuff that we never even get to see. I it. know it's sketchy how easily that things get hidden. That uh, organization takes care of stuff. Yeah. Leah Remini had this whole cool series on this stuff for a while on TV, but she that did. got drummed off of the, the air as well. So, yep, yep, yep. 
It's really weird. I can tell you that. Um, can we talk about the Unabomber? Yes. Mr. Ted Kaczynski. So- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Supposedly, yes. quote unquote, uh, ended his life. Did they say how? They, if they did, I didn't read it, but I also don't really care about. This I don't dude, either. So. But they said that he was found in his cell. I was like, good riddance. Yeah, eighty-one though. He had a long life. I mean, I don't even want to live to eighty-one if I'm out and free. It doesn't Why? sound fun to me. Why? Really? Because I'm in as much pain as I'm in now. Imagine at eighty-one. Stop that. Be like, oh. I can't move. So then just sit in your little chair and watch your shows. If I can't go to Walmart and fart in the produce and kill, <laughs> kill all of the plants, like what's the point of life at that point? That's amazing. <laughs> I don't remember that story either, but apparently. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I remember that story very well. Very well. I don't remember a lot of what I say. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. He what has to go back and listen. <laughs> Right? I, I, no, I didn't even go back and listen. I just, I assume I was like, yeah, I've obviously done said quote thing. It's of course. Fine. All right, it's time. It's I, time. We need to get some douche off us before we re-enter some douche. To de-douche. <laughs> what does that mean? It's best of the week, baby. Best of the week, baby. I'm taking the first one, Mark. Yeah, we, we're going to fight over this yep. one, but I'll let you have it. So um, it's it was posted by Michael Wilson. Hello, Michael. What up? And it's the McDonald's arches with the sign underneath that says open 24 hours. And then the message says, try a mighty anus with, I'm going to say it how I enjoy saying it in my real life, jalapenos. <laughs> oh, I like, I like anus like- jalapenos. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be Angus. Someone left the G out. Right, somebody <laughs> needs to tell me if you would rather eat a mighty anus with jalapenos <laughs> or what Vanessa Lee Fielding posted, which is the gynecology restaurant. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, I'll take a side of uh, afterbirth, please. Ew! Hold the blood. Yeah, uh, that's gross. Gross. Oh. Why is it gross? It's life right there. People eat that stuff. I know. I, I don't want to know any of those people, but I definitely, definitely know it's true. Oh, wait, this one's good. This is Vanessa Lee Fielding also. You just stole my next one. I guarantee. Dinner for one. Is nope. that the one? Nope. <laughs> it's got the bottle of wine, a cucumber, and chocolate. I can't. I'd love that. Oh, oh I also have a Vanessa Lee Fielding one that says um, family court courthouse on the door. Pull out. Yes. That's not, some of the comments under that were kind of funny. <laughs> Michael Wilson posted one. 
That is of a box. So I actually had the same exact thing happen to me the other day. Sometimes people post stickers, you know, they put stickers on boxes. Yep. And they cover up maybe. Oh, I saw that one. Pieces of information that are very vital. Very vital. (laughs) Because um, this one now only says cleans ass so well, you'll think it's invisible. Yeah, baby. (laughs) They covered the GL. I'd like to read something that our um, OG Joellen posted. She said, for anyone interested in cults, Netflix has the documentary Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey about the FLDS cult. Some of Warren Jeff's wives and siblings are on it. Very fascinating. And she said, I just don't understand how people get involved in this stuff. So, guys, check that out. All right. This one right here made me scream and actually dropped my phone yesterday when I saw this one. Uh, Victoria posted a picture of a ceiling fan. Yep. And it had a snake. Yes. And it was like hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. And then it launched it at the camera. I'm pretty sure I would have died. So I was on a hike on Sunday and walking along like nothing. And when I tell you the fattest, longest snake in I've ever seen in these parts was just hanging out like on the side of the little body of water. Just hanging out. Did I almost st- stepped on it. No, I freaked out. I took a picture of it. I'll show you later. Oh, please do not. Oh. Oh, Cindy Moss. Um, this is a picture, and it's the Kodachrome Basin State Park. And um, look at this rock formation, Mark. Yeah, it looks very familiar. It looks like a an, a super extended pee-pee with balls. <laughs> I love the fact that you are a 40-something-year-old lady, and you still refer to it as a pee-pee. <laughs> Don't stop telling the people how old I am, Mark. I'm sorry, a 30-something-year-old. <laughs> Did you see this one posted by Vanessa as well, the plant urinal? Yes. Yep, I did. That is amazing. Amazing. So many amazing ones here. I can't. <laughs> I love it. These people are amazing. They're so funny. If you guys <laughs> need to see all the fun stuff that we're seeing, it's on Case Watch Crime Creeps group. Yeah, you really need to... to Get on there, guys. It's so good. This is my new bed right here, posted by Walter Cop. Ready? <gasps> it's a kitty bed. I saw that. It's a ginormous kitty bed. So cute. I don't know if I'd rather have that one or the race car bed. Oh, this is great. Again, Michael Wilson. So it's a picture of the word team. You know how everyone always goes, there's no yes. I in team. And in the A is shaded in, and it says, there it is, the I in team, hidden in the A-hole. <laughs> I love it. It's the little things in life, guys. And uh, finish it up, another Michael Wilson one that says, it's got a picture of a house. They're obviously getting ready to celebrate. It says, my sister's pregnant. Oh, I saw that. I'm going to be a dad. Oh, God. What's wrong with you weirdos? Well, they were fairly, or I guess very excited about the the uh, birth of a baby from incest. But anyways, let's move on. <laughs> Thank you. You said that way too openly. <sighs> What do you have for us today? I have a case. Well, that's good. Uh Uh-huh. It's a case, and it is a case that many have heard of before, and I'm not going to say what it's about. I'm just going to get into it. All right. During this episode, I'm going to wear my Michael Wilson hat. (gasps) Yes. It's on his head, guys. It's on his head. He's wearing it. I feel like I'm part of the team. Yep. All right. Go ahead, and we'll move on. Okay. So, um... Clemence, Clemence is her name, I believe, Dare, and Gustav 
lived in Le Mans, France. You may have heard of the name of the city before because it hosts a 24-hour long car race every year. Have yep. you heard of it? 24-hour Le Mans, yes. You, I think everybody has heard that. Right? I had never heard of that. I like his name, too, by the way. I do, too. Gustav? That's I, I'm, I am now Gustav. Rest of the episode. Okay. Let's get back to Clements and Gustav. They were indeed a couple, but a couple that didn't have the best reputations around the city. This was back in the early 1900s. And it was rumored that Clements was a woman with zero goose egg morals. Okay. <laughs> it was said that she was cheating on Gustav with her boss. And um, there were rumors suggesting Gustav was an anger-filled a-hole alcoholic. <laughs> okay. So I have no last names yet, guys, because I don't want to get they, fully away yet. Two people that deserve each other, I'm yes. hearing. None of that is cool present day. And I'm sure it was very shunned upon back in the 1900s. Despite their messed up relationship, the two got married in 1901 when Clements got pregnant with the, their first child, Amelia. I love the name Amelia. I think that's so that cute. That is a very good name. Gustav did the right thing marrying Clements despite the thought, the thought that the child may not have been his. Let's just say that neither of these people were even close to being acceptable parents. So this, this isn't good to start, right? Mm. The couple continued on with their dysfunction, but Gustav was so upset thinking that Amelia belonged to his wife's boss, he knew he needed to move his family out of Lehmann's. Clements told her husband that she would kill herself if he made her move out of Lehmann's. I'm wondering if she was still carrying on with that affair. I would say yes. You think so? Because why else would she be so mad? Right. Reluctantly, after two years, Clements finally agreed to move with her husband and child to start fresh. That, that's the end. <laughs> Good story. See you next week. Let's uh, jump ahead to March 8th, 1905. This was the day that Clements gave birth to another daughter, a daughter named Christine. I've known lots of Christines in my day. Have you really? That is Wasn't name. that the name of a murderous car? Wasn't yes. that in the movie? Yeah. My dad was obsessed with that movie. And we used to have a Volkswagen bus, a red Ooh. and white one, and he named it Christine, and it broke down all the time. I love that. Clemens couldn't bear the thought of taking care of another child. She was said to be not nurturing at all, almost unloving towards her new baby. For these reasons, Christine was sent to live with Gustav's sister and husband. So at least she knew she couldn't handle another kid. Okay, so let's let's give her a little prop. A little that props case. there. It's been said that Christine lived with her loving aunt and uncle for seven years. Clemens got pregnant yet again and gave birth to her third daughter, Leah, on September 15th, 1911. She was sent to live with her uncle, a different side of the family. So she, again, had another baby and was like, nope, not dealing with this bullcrap. Send, send it to a family member. At least this woman knew she was unfit to take care of take on any more children. So again, you know, let's say that she at least knew herself enough that she shouldn't be caring. My my thing is, though, she was still caring for one child. So that's kind of scary in of itself. But right. whatever. Shortly after Leah was born, it was discovered that Gustav had raped their oldest daughter, Amelia. Ooh. Clements did divorce her husband because of this, but she also blamed Amelia. This woman actually accused her daughter, who was eh, probably 10 or 11 years old at the time. I've heard... 
of cases like this before, and it just amazes me. Seducing her own father. This I mean, is may, unbelievable. biologically, it may not have been her father, but that's not the that's that has no reference whatsoever because yeah. he has raised her since she was a baby. That is disgusting. Ugh, she was so angry with her firstborn that she sent her away to live at. So because this is France, I love I love all these names, and I'm probably butchering them, but I just love the names. You, you mean France? France. She sent her away to live at Lebon. Pasteur Convent, an evil place that was known to be very disciplined and abusive. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, they're taking these wayward, quote unquote, children and they're they're getting them yep. in shape and, you know, following God. Clements was so messed up at the time, or at this time, I should say, that she took her second daughter, Christine, out of the loving hands of her aunt and uncle, the only parent she had ever known, and sent her to live at the convent with Amelia, a sister she really didn't know. So she was so mad about this whole rape slash her daughter was seducing, whatever, that she ripped Christine from the only parents that were said to be very loving and caring of their quote unquote daughter mm-hmm. and sent her to the same place. Ugh. I love it. Great, great parenting. Yep. Leah, the third sister, was the only sister still safe in a loving home with her uncle. That was until he passed away. You would think that Clements would be happy to have one of her daughters back with her, able to raise her. But nope. Leah was also sent to the convent to live with her older sisters. The three sisters became extremely close while living at the convent. Amelia decided she was going to become a nun and dedicated her life to God. So the oldest one was like, think she, she embraced it. She was like, yep. Peace out. I'm gone. Christine looked up to her older sister and decided she wanted to become a nun as well. Guess Clemens' plan backfired as the girls clearly made the best of their situation. So she, in my mind, she sent them there to punish them because she was so angry. Yep. I don't know. How'd that work? Once word traveled to Clemens that two out of the three girls wanted to become nuns, she uh, freaked out. This was not how she wanted things to work out. Her plan was to put all three girls to work as servants when they left the convent and take their money so she could just, you know, enjoy life. Mm. Yeah. I guess Amelia was already too invested. So Clements took Christine and Leah home and threw them into the workforce as servants. The girls went through many jobs because they never made enough money for Clements. She made them quit as soon as she thought there might be another job where they could make more money for her. That is disgusting. It's almost like their own mother was pimping them out for work. You know what I mean? So she could just sit home and do nothing. It's just- Go do my bidding. How are people so- hateful you know i mean ugh, i don't know i mean i, I, I ask myself that every day just watching the news and seeing some of the stuff yeah, that happens the true. horrible horrible stuff mm-hmm. working together and sharing the hatred they had towards their mother only brought the two sisters closer even when they weren't working they spent every moment together talking about their futures etc there was chatter within the community about how strange it was that the two only wanted to be around each other they thought the thought was that they were so close because of all they had been through as children, almost like they were making up for lost time since they had been separated for so long. I just want to note that the girls were known to have a great work ethic. Mm. Although Christine was said to be the one in charge of the duo as Leah was said to be much less intelligent than her sister. So I read in more than one place that it almost, and I don't know if this is true, it almost sounds like Leah might have been delayed in some ways. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure, but just from the sounds of it, she kind of just 
followed her sister around. They, they the two of them were as one from all accounts. That's good because the other one was obviously looking out for her as well. Yes. The sisters continued working, moving from home to home, chasing the moolah, just as their mother instructed them, until 1926. It was at this time when Christine got a live-in position at the home of Monsieur René Lancelin in Les Mans as a maid and a cook for the family. Did I say that good? I think it did. I love Monsieur. I love that. This home was a beautiful mansion, and it housed Monsieur's wife, Leonie, and the couple's youngest daughter, Genevieve. I like that name, too. I love Genevieve. Christine was five months into working at the mansion, and Leonie was so impressed with her work ethic, she was easily convinced by Christine to employ her younger sister, Leah, as well. So it seems like Christine was like, oh, my goodness, this is the best situation. I'm living in a mansion. These people are treating me well. I got to get my sister over here with me. Right. Okay. After all, two amazing maids were certainly better than one, right? Oh, has to be. Especially in a huge mansion like that, right? I'm sure it was very difficult for one person. lots of movies that start that way. Here's your two maids. Yes, please. Let's let's move ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the girls diligently worked for the family living in the mansion. It's been said that they only went out on Sundays to attend church. Other than that, they were at home building a super close bond with the lady of the house. So again, they didn't have friends. They, their life was work, being together, going to church, probably because of being in the convent for a while. They, they really had a belief in God and wanted to go to church. And that was the only day really they went out. Christine and Leah soon began to see Leone as a mother figure. She, they even started referring to Clements as that woman. So they didn't even call Clements uh, their mother anymore. I don't blame them. Leone was so protective of the girls that she can't. Contacted Clements and informed her that her daughters would no longer be sending their hard-earned money to her. So that's nice, right? I'm pretty sure that's going to set off a chain of events that we're talking about today. No, it's so nice that they have this woman who actually like took them under her wing and said, you know, I, I, I can see. Judgment till the end I can of this see story. you guys came from a really bad situation. I I appreciate how hard you work with us. You're part of the family. You deserve the money. By for the yourselves. way, go out and. Pick the potatoes and our bedpans need to be rinsed. For a solid two years, Christine and Leah lived and worked in harmony, probably feeling as if they were truly loved and part of a family that cared about them. Right? Sure. Okay. Well, what did you just hit? <laughs> I, I'm just playing with stuff. It's got like a wrench or something. The dynamic in the home soon began to change. It's been said that Leonie started to nitpick the girl's work. In some areas, I read that Leonie had become depressed and she began to focus all her attention and anger on her employees, supposedly even pinching Leah until she did what she was told. It's also been said that the abuse towards the girls escalated, Leonie even slamming their heads against the wall. Ugh, not good. It What's the matter with Leonie? I thought she was good. I thought so too. It sounds like it turned into full-on abuse. Something that I'm sure was a trigger for the girls, factoring, factoring in their past, you know. The sisters would talk constantly about how they hated being treated in such a way, and they vowed to each other that they would stand up to the woman if she got abusive with either of them again. So they, they went from talking about their futures and how happy they were and doing everything together to pretty much becoming very vindictive against Leone because— they were sick of it. They were yeah. sick of the abuse. 
they would probably just tell Leone to stop or threaten to quit, right? I, I would think. I mean, that's the, the only... That's the, that's the way out. That's the only thing you would do, right? I am going to say no, because I know what you're doing. <laughs> we are now going to talk about the night that Christine and Leah, quote unquote, stood up for themselves, Mark. Uh-oh, I thought they were happy. Well, they were until Leone started becoming bitchy. This happens you pinch people. Pushes them over the edge. Well, and bang their heads against the wall. I mean, that's a little aggressive. I wonder what's going to happen. I don't know. On February 2nd, 1933, the family had plans to meet that evening at a friend's home for dinner. Leone and Genevieve had been shopping all day. And when they returned home, they found the house in full darkness. The sisters said all the lights had gone off when they tried to plug in the iron. So I don't know how true this is, but like I said, I read a bunch of different publications. So the iron apparently had broken a few days or a week before, and it had just come back from being fixed. Hmm. So this this fed into Leone becoming enraged and becoming violent. Because I'm sure it was pretty pricey to fix an iron back then. I don't know. But she became very, very, very angry. Christine was done with the abuse and decided she was going to fight back. But instead of going after her abuser, she went after Genevieve, gouging her eyes right out of their sockets. Ooh. Talk about zero to 100. Yeah, 100%. And the poor daughter, she didn't, she didn't do anything. There were no reports that she did anything. That's just like misplaced anger in my, in my mind. Christine instructed her sister to join the attack. Le- Leah did as she was told, attacked Leone, gouging her eyes out as well. So again, Leah just did as she was instructed, as she always has, or always had, I should say. Christine then ran to the kitchen and returned with a knife and a hammer. Those are two nice things Maybe from the kitchen. Maybe they're going to build something. Yeah. The attack continued as the sisters used a heavy pitcher to bash the mother and daughter's heads in. So it was like a, like almost like a, a pottery-type stone pitcher where you'd put whatever. I could see the mom, but the daughter. Oh, not even, though. I mean, that's, that's above and beyond. Just Why don't you just quit? <laughs> I mean, she pinched her. No, they banged their heads against the wall too. But that doesn't mean you should murder them. Once they were sure the victims were dead, the knife was used to slash their legs and their butts. wonder why. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. Christine later said that she did as she would when preparing meat for the family. Ew. Ew is right. I don't like this. In one last F.U., Genevieve's menstrual blood was smeared all over the dead, mutilated bodies as if it were being basted. So she treated it just like she was going to cook something. She's like basted the... So gross. I wonder if she basted all the other meals in the same thing. Oh, I don't know. The entire attack lasted about 30 minutes. When Christine and Leah were done and proud of their accomplishment, they simply went off to their room as if they were done working for the day. Unbelievable. Monsieur Lancelin showed up to his home to check on his family around 7 p.m. He was worried because his wife and daughter didn't show up for dinner at the friend's house. The door to the house was locked from the inside out, and the home was in complete darkness except for the sister's room. He could see that there had been uh, a couple candles lit. He could see them flickering in the window. The monsieur, 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 did I say that right? (laughs) Monsieur. Monsieur found this to be very strange and contacted the police right away. The police arrived and entered the house from the back door. What they found was beyond horrific. When they first entered, they saw an eyeball on the floor. Ew. 
when they got to the bodies, they were unrecognizable because the heads had been crushed. So you couldn't even make out whose face it was. This is not where I thought this was And there are go. crime scene pictures, guys, that I did yeah. see. And it's really bad. Leone's eyes were tucked into a scarf she was wearing, leading police to believe that the eyeball they saw on the floor belonged to Genevieve. So I don't know why they put her eyeballs there and just, oh, just the, what a painful, horrific, mutilated attack. It's almost attack. like we still see you. Um, oh, maybe. It's I don't something, know. Something weird like that, I guarantee. Upon their discovery, the police instructed the man of the house to stay outside. So they did not want him to see his his wife and child like that, clearly. Oh, good. Also, though, they turned their attentions to the safety of the other two women known to live in the house, Christine and Leah. So they were worried that whoever, because why would it be Chris, Why would it be the, the maids? Right. Why in God's name would that? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any sense. So they were like, oh my God, is this crazy psycho still in the house? Or did they already do the same thing to Christine and Leah? They went up to the room and knocked on the door, hearing nothing inside, but able to see that flickering of candles. There was absolutely no, they knocked and knocked. No one said anything. So they figured, okay, we're going to enter. And when they did, when they opened the door, they found the sisters huddled together on the bed, covered in blood with a hammer laying next to them that was covered in blood and hair and pieces of brain. Oh. The sisters admitted to police that they were the ones that killed the mother and daughter, but said it was in self-defense. Um, <laughs> I mean, they did kind of prepare it like a pot roast. So I don't know, but self-defense Yeah. Self-defense would be like one, I don't know, push and they fell down the stairs or something by accident. Maybe you could say, oh, she went to attack me and I pushed her. No. Eyeballs were pulled out of the sockets, guys. This, is, this was a way above and beyond. Yeah. The sisters were arrested and the news of what they had done spread across France. This is, this is a little interesting what I'm going to say next. Many in the community almost felt bad for the sisters, knowing their past and hearing the rumors of abuse. They also thought it was like a divide of of rich and poor. Mm-hmm. So they they felt some sort of I don't know. They felt bad. Some people felt bad for them initially. I get it. I mean. I, Right, but, but when don't. you when you <laughs> when you hear exactly what was done, especially to the daughter, that's just I don't know. The sister's lawyer put in a plea of not guilty due to insanity. Right. I mean, it kind of fits. I mean, if you're gonna rub period blood on I people, know. Like, that's pretty insane. Well, it, your first thing to do is is gouge someone's eyeballs out while they're still alive. Ooh. Uh, this was believable because the sisters looked as if they were somewhere else in the courtroom and whenever they were seen anywhere, just staring off into the abyss, almost like walking zombies is the way it was described. The court took this plea seriously and had the sisters go through a full psychological evaluation to see where their mental state was. It was determined by three different doctors that Christine and Leah had no mental disorders and they were totally fit to stand trial. Huh. I'm not sure if I believe that. Their trial started in September of 1933. Their defense attorney brought up a history of mental illness in their family. They had an uncle that committed suicide and a cousin that was in a mental facility. So he was pretty much, you're mentally insane, you can't be in the public. Mm. This information caused some, some to speculate if the girls really did have a mental 
issue or have mental mental issues. And it was decided that the girls had shared paranoid disorder or SDD. So I guess with further evaluation, they decided that they had this disorder. Miss Wiki says this is a rare psychiatric syndrome in which symptoms of a delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are transmitted from one individual to another. So they're saying that they're so close. And it's weird because even though they're, they're you know, born in different years, they almost look like twins. I, I've known people like that. They almost look like twins, like they're, they're mug shots and just the two of them together. It's really strange. The trial ended, so they still went through with the trial. The trial ended and it only took the jurors 40 minutes to find the sisters guilty. They believed that Leah was under the control of her older sister, doing whatever she was told to do. For that reason, she was only sentenced to 10 years in prison. Wow. So, um, again, they felt bad for her. They thought that she, you know, had these delays possibly and just followed whatever her sister told her to do. Like, Christine was the mastermind, I guess. Christine, on the other hand, was sentenced to death by the guillotine. There's one you haven't seen for a while. I know. I think we should go back to that. Braveheart times. Yeah. For, I think that would be good. Uh, a good form of death for certain criminals. Just saying. I agree. Yep. Her sentence was later reduced to life in prison, though. It had been so long since the sisters had been apart, it proved to be detrimental to their health. Christine was the one who went downhill very fast, begging to see her sister, which that's very strange to me, right? Mm-hmm. You would think Leah would have been the one, but it was Christine. She she just couldn't be without her sister. And she begged and begged and begged. But that wish would never be granted. She was very depressed and started acting, quote unquote, crazy. She stopped Crazier eating. than she already was. Crazier than she already was. She stopped eating altogether, forcing the heads of the prison to transfer for her transfer her to a mental facility. The transfer did not help her condition, and Christine starved to death on May 18th, 1937. Wow. Right? She starved herself to death. That, that is, is not just, a way you want to go. No. Interestingly enough, Leah did much better emotionally than her older sister. She served eight years of her 10-year sentence, being released early on good behavior in 1941. Wow. Yeah. She changed her name. And, I, yep. and ended up living with her mother in the town of Nantes or Nance. I don't know. Reports say she worked at a hotel as a maid. It is unclear exactly what year Leah died. Some say she died in 1982 and another report said she died in 2000. Oh, wow. Right? Either way, it seems like she went on to live a nice long life. Christine and Leah were buried next to each other in a cemetery in Nantes. I found this story to be very sad all around. I do think Christine definitely had some mental issues going on. And I think Leah might have had some learning disabilities, like I said. Oh, 100%. Because it, had, it was said that she um, was illiterate. She, couldn't, she wasn't able to learn how to read. I think these disabilities may have clouded her. And, it, and that's probably why she followed what her sister said. So um, the last name of these two is Pappin. And um, they're the Pappin sisters. I have never heard of them. Really? Yeah. I've heard this story on more than one occasion uh, because it's just, it's such a strange story of, you know, they went through 
a ton, a ton of stuff. And you just think they've come out and they're, you know, working together and clearly very good at what they do. Very good at their work ethic seemed great. Uh, and instead of just quitting, like they did all the other jobs, I, I don't know why they went to this extreme. It's very is, strange to me. Well, I look at it this way. Maybe I'm wrong. This is what I took from this story. They had a horrible mom who was a total well, douchebag to that's them true. growing up. They finally go somewhere where they feel protective, protected, loved, and part of the family, only to have that person turn on them again. True. True. Because if you think about it, right? So Christine, who was with her aunt uncle, the only parents she ever knew. Now, I, it, I, it didn't really say anywhere if she saw her parents while she was living with her aunt uncle or if it was just assumed that those were her parents. But clearly there was nothing legally done because her mother was able to just pull her right out of that loving mm. family. So you're right. That was amazing and then gone. And then she went into kind of an abusive situation in the convent. And then her sister was with a loving uncle. Same thing happened. The only one that escaped was Amelia, the oldest sister who went through all that crap with her father and then, I guess, thrived at the convent. Sad. It's so sad. It makes you wonder, because a lot of these are stories of circumstance. Yeah. What would have been different if things were different? Yeah. It really makes you wonder. Yeah. But that's what I like about these stories. We can wonder all day long, but we just will never know. We'll never know. What a great story, Charity. I got to say to everybody, thank you for participating in everything that we do. Thank you for following us on social media. Thank you for sending me hot pockets to my house. Like <laughs> that's awesome. It Not is creepy at all in my eyes. No way. Snow caps, laffy taffy hey guys. He is out of control. I he love is out it of control all. And I love all of you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye guys. Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.